The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, preached on February 5th, 2012, based on Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 10. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit shows us our Savior's compassion is the first lesson, Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 10. Please listen to verse 10 once again. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Your friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. You can't run away from God. Maybe that's the lesson we remember from the first time we heard about Jonah. The Lord told him to go preach at the city of Nineveh, and he runs the other way. He gets on a ship sailing for Tarshish. God sends a storm that the sailors cannot ride out, and... Jonah tells them what he has done and that the only way to save the ship is to throw him overboard. The sailors desperately try all they can to avoid doing that, but in the end, they have no other choice. Yet, God sends that great fish to swallow Jonah and three days later, spit him up on dry land. But dear friends, there's much more to Jonah, much more. In fact, if we focus on that thought of you can't run away from God, we get the wrong impression of what Jonah's all about. For you see, even though Jonah, the book of Jonah, is only four chapters long, God's compassion is demonstrated again and again throughout those four short chapters. His compassion towards Jonah and the people of Nineveh and his compassion toward you, and to me. Why would we want to run away from our compassionate God? Yes, think about his compassion toward Jonah. He did not let Jonah run away and die in his unrepentant sin. No, he sends that storm to awaken and, and shake Jonah's conscience awake. For you see, dear friends, even the worst suffering, tragedies, troubles, and pains of this life are good if they draw us back to God. How much better, immeasurably better they are than the eternal torment of hell. And notice how God sent that great fish to save Jonah. What compassion he had toward Jonah. And Jonah recognizes that in chapter 2. He praises God. In his prayer here, as he, he says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Salvation comes from the Lord. Yes, Jonah recognized the great compassion of the Lord, taking care of him. And as we come in our text here now to Jonah chapter 3, we see the Lord's compassion towards the people of Nineveh, and also realize his great compassion that reaches out towards you and me as well. May the Holy Spirit this morning move our hearts to rejoice 
in the great compassion of the Lord our God that calls out to us from his word. Our theme today is, Our God Calls Out with Compassion. Part one, hear his loving warning. Part two, repent with your eyes on Jesus. And part three, echo his call to others. For you know the great compassion of the Lord your God that has called out to you. Part one. As the text begins here, the Lord for the second time now tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and to proclaim the message he gives him there. And what was that message? Well, we have it recorded here in summary. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overturned. Now, dear friends, do you hear the compassion in those words? First of all, the very fact that God sent his prophet to warn these people is an act of compassion. And on top of that, he gives them 40 days' notice. Now, why would he do that unless the Lord longed for the people of Nineveh to turn from their evil ways so that he could spare them? Yes, the Lord's loving warning here is a call of compassion that is reaching out for these people. But maybe here is where our natural reasoning starts to think, well, if God really were compassionate, why would he destroy them at all? It's, it's the same kind of thinking that asks how a loving God could send anyone to hell. Now, the root of this seeming dilemma is our own refusal to recognize how wicked we are by nature and how great our sins are. You see, the people of Nineveh had brought this destruction down upon themselves with their own wickedness. The Lord had made that clear already back in chapter 1, the first time that he tells Jonah to go there because he, he spells out the reason why. He says, because its wickedness has come up before me. You see, compassion that ignores wickedness is no compassion at all. For always ignoring evil is in itself evil. And so it's the Lord's compassion that sends his prophet, his compassion that, that proclaims this loving warning to these people. And dear friends, we too need to hear the warning. Yes, dear friends, hear the Lord's loving warning that flows from his compassion. For we, like the people of Nineveh, are sinners who have brought God's destruction down on ourselves by our own wickedness. We are sinners. Right at the beginning of the service here, remember how we confess that we deserve God's punishment now and in eternity? That, that's hell. The wages of sin is death, the scriptures declare. That's the pay we have earned with our, our sinfulness, eternal death and damnation. With the Apostle Paul, we confess, I know that there is nothing good in me that is in my sinful nature. For any good in us, dear friends, is a new creation of the Holy Spirit in us through his word and, and the water of baptism. And even though the Holy Spirit is working in us, 
We also confess with the Apostle Paul how often we fail to do the good we want and instead we do the evil we hate. What a wretched man I am. But the Lord's compassion calls out to you and to me. For you see, in his compassion, he has sent one greater than Jonah for us. He has sent one who not only came out of the belly of a great fish after three days, but who came out of the belly of the earth, alive, rising from the dead. He sent you his son, Jesus Christ, your Savior, with your eyes on Jesus. We see the Lord's great compassion. And so, dear friends, as you hear his loving warning that confronts our sin and convicts us as sinners, repent with your eyes on Jesus. Which brings us to the second part here today. As we go back to the text here, we, we see the people's reaction to Jonah pre, or preaching the Lord's message here. We're told the Ninevites believed God. They took his word seriously as the truth. And because they believed the message, they changed their actions. They turned from their wicked ways. And this was not just an outward show, no. They deeply regretted the wrong they had done, and they felt the terror of having disobeyed the living God. They showed this inner sorrow by forsaking the comforts of this world, fasting and wearing the rough irritation of sackcloth. Yes, what they felt on the inside showed on the outside because what we believe changes our life and actions, changes our behavior. They believed God. They took Him at His word. And how that changed their actions and behavior. They humbled themselves before the Lord, turning to Him. And this wasn't only the common people that did this. No, we are told that this was from the least to the greatest. And in the verses that are omitted in the reading, we learn that even the king himself fasted and wore sackcloth. He humbled himself before the Lord, relying on God's compassion alone. In fact, he issues a decree in which he says, let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may let yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And as you know, the Lord did indeed spare the city of Nineveh at this time. With your eyes on Jesus, dear friends, listen to the Lord's compassionate call. Like the people of Nineveh, believe. Believe what the Lord your God has said. For if someone coming out of the belly of the fish alive was enough proof for the people of Nineveh to know that he spoke God's truth, how much more so can we be sure beyond doubt that Jesus, who came out of the belly of the earth alive on the third day rising from the dead, is speaking God's truth. Believe him, dear friends. Believe him. For without faith in Jesus, the deepest sorrow in the world, the, the greatest extremist expressions of, uh, uh, of sorrow and grief are not genuine repentance. Yes, without faith in Jesus, it doesn't matter how heartfelt or sincere that sorrow is, it's still just an earthly sorrow like what Judas had. 
So fix your eyes on Jesus. And hear the Lord's call. Hear him calling out to you as you fix your eyes on Jesus and see just how great the compassion of the Lord your God is. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Mark the sacrifice appointed. See who bears the awful load. Tis the word of the Lord's anointed, son of man and son of God. God could not leave your sins or mine unpunished. And so he punished his son in our place. Jesus willingly suffered for all the sins of the world. Yes, all of your sins, dear friend. Every last one of them. So great is his compassion. And so, dear friends, fix your eyes on Jesus. And with your eyes on him, repent. Confess the greatness of your sin. But confess also the even greater compassion of the Lord your God. He has taken your sin away through his Son, Jesus Christ. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, our hearts see that great compassion of our God. Turn from your wicked, your evil ways. For Jesus has washed away your guilt. Why return to that filth? He has washed you clean the water and word of baptism. Turn to Jesus in repentance. For he has redeemed you to be his very own. His body and blood given you in the Lord's Supper. Testify that you are his. Yes, follow Jesus in faith. And with our repentant hearts fixed on Jesus. Gazing in wonder at his great compassion. How can we not help but to speak this great message to others. As through us, God calls out to them with his great compassion, which brings us to the third part here today. Yes, you, dear Christian, you know God's great compassion that has called out to you. You have seen it in his son, Jesus Christ. You have experienced it as his word has penetrated your heart and mind. How can we not now echo it in our lives as we speak his message to others? The Lord doesn't send us to some faraway city like he did Jonah here. And he doesn't call you to preach publicly in a congregation and on behalf of other Christians, but he has given you his word. And just as he gave his message to Jonah and wanted him to share it, so also he has given you and me his word to share in our daily lives with those around us. Echo his message. For you see here, we're told that Jonah was to proclaim the message, and the Lord says, the message I give you. Think about what that means here. Jonah was to faithfully echo that message. He wasn't to change it. An echo does not change the message. It does not modify it, adding our own thoughts or subtracting what we think is outdated. And so also, dear friends, echo the Lord's compassion as you speak his loving warning against sin and the damnation it brings. Echo the Lord's compassion as you speak his gospel, that good news that promises full and free forgiveness in Jesus, 
our divine substitute who alone saves from sin and death. Echo the Lord's call to others. But maybe, maybe our, our, our thoughts are a little fearful here. I don't know what to say, you might think. But yes, dear Christian, you do know what to say. For you know in whom you believe and you know what he has done for you. And that's the message the Lord has given us to share. You know his law and his gospel. Echo it in your words and in your life. You know what the Lord has done. And so we can echo his message. And that doesn't mean we have to quote Bible passages and name chapter and verse. No. Express with your own words the very same truths the Lord has revealed in his word. The truths that you yourself believe because the Holy Spirit has convinced you that his word is the truth. And as we think about this, we we realize that the more we are in his word, reading it, hearing it, studying it, the better the Holy Spirit is able to equip us to echo it in our words and lives. Or or maybe we're reluctant to, to speak his word because we feel that our hearts are inadequate. We might be fearful, or, or we might not feel that, that, that level of love and compassion that we think we should have before we share God's word with others. Yes, we, we see how, how compassionate our God is, and yet we know how far our heart falls short, and, and, and often we don't express the kind of care and love that we know we should. Now, does that mean we should wait and not speak the message? Does that mean we should remain silent because you know that old saying, others don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Is that a, a reason not to speak? Now, it's true. We want to continually be growing in our love and compassion towards others. We want to have that same patience and, and compassion that, that God has towards others that, that longs for their salvation, that does not want any to perish, but everyone, yes, even those people we've wronged or that, that have wronged us, we want everyone to come to salvation, to come to him in repentance. That, 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 that's the goal. That, that's what we want to grow into. And, and we realize that our care and kindness that we express to others, we have a lot of room to grow. And yet none of that, none of those shortcomings of our own heart is an excuse not to echo the Lord's words, not to echo his call to others. And maybe a way to bring this home is again to go back to Jonah here. Jonah's heart had a long way to grow in compassion. He did not like those people in Nineveh. Nineveh was the chief city of the Assyrian Empire that had done great harm to Jonah's people. In fact, after Jonah gets done preaching in the city, he goes outside and camps there, hoping for God to destroy the city. He explains that the reason he ran away to Tarshish, or tried to, was that he was thinking that if he went and preached and the people repented, that then God would spare the city and he wanted them dead. Now, chapter 4 of Jonah tells us how God tried to train Jonah to grow in compassion. But, but for our attention this morning, for our consideration, just, just for a moment, consider how powerful God's word is as we see it here in the book of Jonah. 
despite Jonah's lack of care and compassion. Yet God's word powerfully penetrated the hearts of those people in Nineveh. For the power of God's word does not depend on you and me, but on the Holy Spirit, who does not fall short. Now, this is no reason for us to remain callous in our compassion, for then we would jeopardize our own faith and salvation, but it's also no reason for us not to echo the Lord's call to others, no matter how much room we have to grow in compassion yet. Yes, dear friends, echo the Lord's message, his call to others. Echo his compassion, for you know in whom you believe, and you know the power of his word that overcomes even the shortcomings of our own hearts and our own lack of compassion and kindness. Yes, there is so much for us to consider as we think about Jonah, so much more than we ever thought when we first heard about him. How great the compassion of the Lord our God is. As his compassion calls out to you, dear friends, hear his loving warning with your ears, repent with your eyes fixed on Jesus, and with your voice, echo his call to others. For his great compassion has called you to be his very own. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.